Good morning, church. It's the Sunday after Easter, and many revelations were being revealed to those who followed Jesus as his disciples. So if you're hearing a lot of background noise, I'll tell you, I could not resist turning the tailgate of my truck into a desk or a workspace this morning to record this message in God's beautiful sanctuary. I mean, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Sunday. The warmth is just right. The breeze is just right. The sound of the birds is just right. It is just one of those days that I pray you go outside and you just soak up the day today and be in God's beautiful sanctuary as we spend time in His presence. So clearly, if you're hearing this message, you're unable to join us for our 11 o'clock worship. So grab your cup of coffee or your sweet tea. Get in God's beautiful sanctuary with me. And let's, let's hear what God's message has for each of us today. So this morning's scripture is found in John 20, 19 through 31. That's John 20, and we'll start in verse 19. So verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Shalom, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Shalom, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them at this time when Jesus came. So the disciples told him, When we see the Lord, or we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples again were in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Shalom, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand. Reaching out, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, You have believed because you have seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in His name. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So before we get started, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer.
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we sit in your presence, engulf this sanctuary. Open our hearts to receive your message today. And may we always come to you in only the name of your risen Son. Amen. So let's back up a little bit in John 20 and let's get a little bit of backstory. So Mary has already been to the tomb and the tomb was empty. She assumed that someone had stole the body. Peter and the other disciples went to the tomb to find the tomb empty. In scripture, John wants us to know that he ran faster than Peter. But when he arrived at the tomb, he only looked in and saw the burial cloth. When Peter arrived, he walked straight into the tomb. I can only imagine the haste as they arrived at the tomb that day. Now the burial cloth from the face of Jesus was folded and laying beside the other burial cloth. But they saw and had to consider all the possibilities of why Jesus was not there anymore. They were applying worldly perspective to the situation. And grave robberies were, were very much a reality during that day and during that period. But Jesus was not buried with anything that held value. So clearly grave robbers would not have found anything of value to steal in his tomb. So Peter saw the strips of linen lay in there. The linen were wrapped the linens wrapped around the body as if they were like in a mummified form. So according to the Greek translation, the linens were still laying in that form as if it was still around a body but yet collapsed. The simple cloth of the face would have been just laid across the face, not wrapped, not wrapped around the head or anything, just laid across. So when Peter found the linens, the body linens were still in their, in their shell, in their shape, but collapsed. And the face linen was folded and put beside the body linens. Scripture says at this point, John believed. So after inspecting the tomb, they went back to their houses. So while the men left... Mary was still at the tomb, just wailing and weeping. Mary looked up in the tomb and saw two angels in white. John and Peter did not see them. The angels saw her and asked, why was she crying? I don't know about you, but I do not think I've ever had a casual conversation with an angel where they just said, hey, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Why are you acting like this? But Mary didn't even realize that one of the angels was Jesus. In John um, 20 verse 15, Jesus asked, why are you crying? But when Jesus said her name, she realized it was him and she cried out. You see, the shepherd's voice was recognized. The women at the tomb received the very first commission to go and tell of the risen Savior. And they went back and told the men the tomb was empty. This was huge because during that time, a woman's testimony couldn't even stand up in court. So again, during that time, Jesus went against the worldly perspective to reveal truth 
to the world. Now, when Mary went back to the disciples, in Mark and Luke's gospel, it says they did not believe her. Now, we're kind of called up to where we are in Scripture today. The disciples were behind the locked doors. They were fearful of the Jewish leaders. They'd already seen what they did to Jesus, so they were fearful. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, Shalom, peace be with you. God gave them assurance. He was not a ghost or a dream. He was Jesus. He showed his hands and his side. So assurance was the very first thing that Jesus did in order to bring comfort and peace. Just as he gives us assurance today when someone says, Lord, I ask you into my life. There's a peace that comes to us. After giving them assurance, he gave them the commission to go. And then he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them there would be a helper. And at this moment, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. You know, in Acts chapter 2, it, it's not the first time that the Holy Spirit descended. In Acts 1, Jesus tells them the Holy Spirit's coming to empower them. The Holy Spirit's coming to regenerate them. Just like in our lives today, the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates us. We're alive again. We're ready to fight this battle on the spiritual level every single day because the Holy Spirit rejuvenates us. So keep in mind, the only time that we are told that God breathed life outside of this time was in Genesis. God breathed life into man. And now Jesus is breathing eternal life through the Holy Spirit. You know, flesh can only birth flesh. But Jesus said, you must be born of the Spirit. So Jesus breathes the second time and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And the disciples were regenerated in the Spirit. So, Jesus gives assurance. He gives a commission. He gives the Spirit. And finally, He gives authority. Jesus said, if you forgive them, they are forgiven. Now, we're not the judge. We're not placing judgment. We're not offering salvation. We're talking about when someone confesses their sin to us. And they ask Jesus into their hearts. And we're witnessing this moment. And we tell them your sins are forgiven in the name of the risen Savior. They are forgiven. Now, let's talk a minute about Thomas. I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of times where I have doubted so much. And it's been right there in front of my face. But I missed a piece of the puzzle. You know, Thomas said, unless I see it, then I'm not going to believe it. He said, I'm just not going to believe it. Thomas is wanting a faith base of proof. He's kind of saying, I want this encounter my way or no other way. So a week later, the disciples are together, but this time Thomas is with them. Jesus walks through the locked door and says, Shalom, peace be with you. And Jesus told Thomas, see for yourself. Jesus was saying, stop doubting. There are miracles all around you. Just because you didn't personally experience those miracles doesn't mean they didn't happen. Jesus revealed himself to Thomas just as he still reveals himself to us today. 
in the middle of our unbelief, Jesus will show up and shake us at our core. We have that aha moment. Some call it a come to Jesus moment. I like to call it a God wink. So keep in mind, there's something about the flesh that it never gets enough. Our flesh craves. Our flesh thorn tries to control us. It tries to be our master. The flesh is never content. So we must be very careful that we do not allow our faith to be guided by our flesh mentality, which leads us to a worldly perspective of eternity. When this happens, we lean on our own understanding, and we are no different than Nicodemus or the Pharisees. Nicodemus came to Jesus and had many talks with him, but remained in his tradition of religion and worship. He did not follow Jesus. Too many times we do the exact same thing today. You know, we might know our Bible, but do we really know the contents in our Bible? Jesus didn't ask us to quote three scriptures every time somebody wants a faith conversation. I can't tell you how many times I've had John 3.16 brought up in a conversation and then challenge me with a question. My question to them is, what does John 3.17 say? Or 3.18? Or 3.19? My question this morning, church, are we asking God to constantly reveal himself to keep giving us reassurance because we're stuck right there and can't move past it? Or are we walking in the spirit and authority of the Holy Spirit? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, it's by your stripes we're healed and by your sacrifice we are saved. And Lord, upon your return, May we be raised to a new eternal life with you forever. We pray that your living water quench every dry bone in our body so that we walk this life out in full faith, not by sight, but by having being led by your Spirit. And now we pray as you taught your disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I hope you get outside and enjoy God's beautiful sanctuary today. I'll be honest, I'm still sitting on the tailgate of my truck and I'm just, I'm loving it. I, I, I think we should just bring chairs outside today and just bask in the beauty of God's artwork, His handiwork, His creation. So until next time, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Because if you don't like what's going on, change starts with you. Make a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.